Blog Talk Radio. Now listening to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barbara the Country Clean Lady, and I'm just some guy named Jay, like I've always been. We also have Miss Marie Jones with us for another edition of Good Morning at Night. Blacktopia Roundtable Talk Radio is the number one live stream dedicated to assimilating black folks from all walks of life, teaching and preaching the importance of economic empowerment for our people and showcasing the talents and abilities of black people across the globe. And this is also the number one blog talk radio show, which I believe is not post-convicted felon 
or a conspiracy theorist wacko or a closeted lesbian. But hey, we'll put on a great show just as good as those people too. <laughs> so listen up. Tonight we have author and prominent businesswoman T. Elise Christian to talk about her publishing imprint, B-Side Books, a multimedia company, as well as other topics in the black community. Uh, but before we get into all that, I just want to let everyone know that you can check us out at blacktopia.org, and you can also download and install the Blacktopia mobile app on iTunes, Amazon.com, and BlackBerry World. And speaking of iTunes, after this episode is over, you can download it on iTunes. Oh, yeah, or it might be an hour after the, after it's over, but uh, but it'll be on iTunes. Um, and you can also get some of the previous uh, shows off of iTunes as well. Just search Blacktopia, Roundtable Talk Radio, or search Podcasts on Demand, and uh, you can thumb through it and pick out your favorite ones. Um, and also want to give some quick shout-outs, too. I want to give a shout-out to the artist known as Sincere. You can check his music out on the Blacktopia mobile app, and you can also check it out on blacktopia.org. And uh, I want to give a shout-out to the uh, Ask Mary Jane blog. The Ask Mary Jane blog is uh, just something different. It's, it's, it's like a, a Q&A uh, advice column, but the difference is the answers you get back or, or you know, the, the – uh, you know, the answers to your to solving your problems is in rhyme form. So definitely check out the Ask Mary Jane blog at askmaryjane, the number one, dot blogspot.com. All right. And uh, I saw some people uh, get out of the thing when they heard that song. Um, <laughs> you know, I like, to, I like to play music that goes along with the theme of whatever guests we have or, or whatever the topic's going to be. And, uh, and, and and this particular guest that we have, T. Elise, uh, you know she has the B side books, and uh, I, I like to do so. I like to do put in play little different kind of stuff. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna play the reading <laughs> the reading rainbow thing, um, you know the one with Lavar Burton on it, and uh, and then I, I ran across this one that Jimmy Fallon did. <laughs> I was like, let me play this. I should you know. Uh, I think it'd be, I thought it would be cute, but I know some people that's probably not used to knowing that we do stuff like that on the show. Was like, what the hell is this? I think I called the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, but they're but they're, they're tuning back in. I guess they figured out. Oh well, I guess this is the right number. I think they got out of it. Um. Well, enough of me talking. Let me go on ahead and bring on the host. Barbara, the country cleaning lady. How you doing? I'm tired, but I'm here with you. Good. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm this is not good you. that I'm tired, love, huh? Well, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, I, I, that you're here. I say good that you're here, not good that you're tired. Oh. <clears throat> but I guess if you're relaxing, that's good too. You could you could be chilling in the in chilling and laid out while you're uh, doing the show. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, you know the show uh, that everybody seems to think is a joke, but it's it's not. Uh, oh, oh no, they know yeah. that. They know. Mm. <laughs> uh, and speaking of uh, laying down and doing the show, Miss <laughs> Marie Jones, how you doing? I mean, I'm standing Good up. Good morning. Doing 
Yeah, I know you uh I know you be chilling while doing the show. Happy belated birthday, sir. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. Wow. Alright, but I feel good. Yeah. Um <laughs> now, let's go on ahead and bring on the guest. It's T Elise. Hey Jay. Hi ladies. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys tonight? Oh yeah, just doing the show. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Like a backwards Monday with the long weekend. Hey. Mm-mm. Well, well um, now, now, T and Lisa, I know you're a guest on the Rush. We do the Rush a little differently mm-hmm. than Blacktopia. Uh, so uh, let me let me let you know how we do this. Uh, Barbara's going to sit you in the hot seat and interrogate you like she's a cop. Then after that, around 9.30, we'll start taking calls. After the calls, we'll take a break. Around 10 o'clock, we come back. Miss Marie Jones does a good morning at night. And then after that, we 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 uh, we'll either take some more calls. We'll talk about some general discussion. Uh, a lot of people want to talk about that African blueback gorilla that drugged the kids through water. Oh <laughs> and, God! Um, I ain't even gonna go there with that. Mm. <laughs> and so we want to talk about the Trayvon, the Trayvoning thing. But I think that was I think that's old though. But they recently posted in the group and a few people in the group Blacktopia, and a few people wanted to uh, speak on that. And uh, if you guys are listening, you guys wait till after Miss Marie Jones does her segment. Uh, you know, if you call up after the inter- after Barbara's interview, no, 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 we're going to direct you and say you need to ask some questions about uh, Miss Christian here. We, we're not – we're going to talk about the silverback gorilla that uh, that got killed. We'll talk about that some other – later on in the show if you want to talk about that, but not now. All right. <laughs> now let's uh, – let me step back and let Barbara uh, grill you. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. First and <laughs> you foremost. You make it sound so, like, impersonal, you know? No, 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 no. First and foremost, because, see, he seemed to be picking people, you know, coming from the Detroit area or Michigan in, in general. You please watch what you say to people, because I'll end up being the mark. Now, see, they talk about Chicago all the time, about, you know, Chi-Town being third country and the mafia. Because, see, you know, if you do them wrong, you end up with the stallion. No, 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 hush, hush, Miss Marie, because y'all got, instead of somebody getting a stallion in the bed, y'all up over there put people in oil drums. Because, see, y'all known for oil in that area. <laughs> so y'all somebody end up missing in an oil drum somewhere in Michigan. I don't want to hear you. So I'm going to watch my background, you. I'm going to watch what I say to you, Lady Elise. I'm not going to say too much wrong. So you need to cut that mess off about interrogate for Watch what you say to people. I'm in background Michigan. No, no, no. Y'all ain't telling all the truth. Y'all been to kill somebody and burn them in an oil drum. You, you know can't what? Nobody parts your oil. I ain't got sand. No wonder y'all got drums or wheel. I ain't got sand. You know so, no, let me keep this. Let me keep this right. Don't listen to him, Mr. Lee. We're going we gonna to do this the right way because I don't want any of the oil drum. I like to be I like to be 
with you I, when I first looked at communications in high school I kind of you know thought I wanted to you know go and actually be like the next Oprah problem was is that you know like most little girls um, I have you know insecurities that I kind of let get the best of me you know what I'm saying so literally I studied radio because I, I kind of had that fear of being in front of a in front of an audience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I figured I could hide behind my love and appreciation wow. for music, but still get to talk, which was okay. something that I love to do once you got to know me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, but then again, you know, sometimes insecurities and when you start comparing yourself to people who are already in the industry and they're doing it well and they've been doing it for years, and when you first get started, you realize that it's a craft that has to be worked on. You know what I'm saying? It takes more than just loving it. You know what I mean? And so, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, 19 years old, never being away from home, you know, I'm comparing myself to people that I went to school with that was like, you know, already on the station at school and, you know, doing well and had been on there for multiple years. And because Mm -hmm. they seemed to do it so seamless and I still had ice cold fingertips coming to the mic every week even after my training, I just kind of ran from myself and was like, you know, maybe radio's not for me, but this industry still interests me. And I did Mm -hmm. the same thing with writing. I used to write all through my youth. But when I, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, would share my writing with other people, if they didn't understand it or they didn't want to hear a little black girl writing about poetry from the projects, they didn't really want to hear all that, then, you know, I would just kind of put it to myself and run away from it. But there's this thing called destiny, man, that I find years later, I wound I'm up, glad. you know, I'm you, you know, you track. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, years later, you wind up doing things that other people say you're good at, or other things you know might expect up, other people might expect of you, and um, you find you're not happy. So if you're not happy doing something that everybody else expects, what do you have to lose by trying mm-hmm. what you love? You well, know what I'm saying? So that's kind of yeah. how I ended up in it. Yeah, but in the entertainment industry in in general, the perspective that they have on women, is it true from the areas that you are in in it? They say that, you know, women are not taken seriously or can't manage difficult clients. Is that true? 
Well, what I've come to find is that, you know, more often than not, I mean, we could talk about things being male-dominated all the time, but then you see people, you see females in the industry that are winning. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I mean, you go you know, but even when you look at Oprah, you know, from going from being a correspondent on the show all the way to owning your own network, that's that's a mad grind for years. Mm-hmm. And, and you and it would be foolish of any of us to think that, you know what I'm saying, you don't have those times when you got to deal with difficult people. You know what I'm saying? But but it's right. all about being being true to yourself, I think, in any industry mm-hmm. that you're in. And you know exactly what you can take, what you can't take. Be flexible. And right. as you know, you're going to have to deal with some mess, but you can be selective about the mess you choose to deal with. And definitely right. what you want to associate yourself with when you exactly. talk about branding and your product and your business and everything like that. You know, if the end doesn't justify the means, then you have to be big enough and honest enough with yourself to step aside. That's right, so, girl. You know, Child. <laughs> so as a woman-owned business, so is that how you see, as a woman-owned business, is that how you see the competition and what I call professional courtesy and support or pr among your constituents? Well, what I found is that at first I came into an industry that, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was a, a late bloomer, so to speak. You know, most people mm-hmm. come into the industry of artistry, you know, with the poetry and the writing and music and all those type of things. They come into it early. And I was coming into it in my 30s. I was married. I had a daughter at home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So right. I had some things I had to overcome. Now, with that, I was able to pair it with some friends, and I ran into an industry where people were judgmental, maybe not as uh, forthcoming with assistance. But mm-hmm. I kind of decided to, you know, take the approach of not um, not being held down by every negative thing I came across. When I would come across right. something negative in the industry, I decided to be the change I wanted to see. So that was kind of like, you know, the premise of this whole fool concept. You can toast the fool because you can learn something from them. You can learn how you don't want to be. So I And so with that, I ran into people who were more helpful. And then as mm-hmm. I received help, I could provide help. As I learned information, I could share that information and not be the type of person that might have shunned me. When I was when I was first starting, because I know what and that see, feels and like. That, and yeah. now that you're saying that as a producer yourself, how important is basic upbringing? Because you know, in all ends of entertainment, we've seen people fall because of the stupidity they think they can do and get away with, and it has rubbed their best fan base the wrong way. How important is that basic upbringing in your clientele? Because you know, what I mean, if you conduct yourself professionally, you'll be treated with respect. But sometimes in their personal lives, you know, these things hit the airwaves and hit that news. And, I mean, an awesome career that could have blossomed into, you know, platinum ends up becoming plastic. You know what I mean? How how do you deal with that in your people? I'm thinking like this. I, I kind of I stay to the side of humility and the fact that easy come, easy go. You know what I'm saying? My upbringing right. left me to be humble and true to, you know, the people that rock with me and I didn't, when I didn't have anything. You know, the people mm-hmm. that saw this vision when I was starting it and I came out and was telling people I just wanted to write a book. Those people don't lose value just because I start to move up in stature. If anything, I'm trying to bring them with me. Now, I recognize right. that everybody else can't come. 
You know what I'm saying? Some people going to mm-hmm. jump off the boat, and that's fine. You got to let people go their own path. But right. my upbringing just dip, dictates that if you're good to me and if you get blessed, then the way that those blessings continue is that you don't be afraid to give them up, to, get, to give them back. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't be afraid, and you never forget that. So, it's a billion-dollar industry. It has the powerful right. outlet, you know, to heal or destroy. In your opinion, as somebody directing people in that industry, what effect do you think it, radio, even writing will have on the youth of tomorrow? Well, you know, there's a thing called legacy, you know what I'm saying? And a lot Mm -hmm. of artists that we love, especially in literature, you know, there are a lot of artists that we admire that may not have came to mainstream notoriety until after their death. You know what I'm saying? So that just, that's a powerful statement to me in in an effort of, I don't just want to tell stories. I don't Mm -hmm. just want to, you know, talk through the word in a book or talk through the word on radio, but I want to leave mm-hmm. something on your mind. So if I had to coin my own genre, it would be reflective fiction. That's what I write. Because, yes, right. I do write genre. I do write fiction. It has everything that's good that's going to make you keep turning them pages. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's going to be some common themes that you can take home with you. It's going to be some mental meals all up and through there that's supposed to feed you while it's entertaining you. You know but what I'm saying? Author, yeah, as an author, as an author, author and then the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as an author, but, what about but as all a, the producer. different personalities and talent and and careers that you manage or or help manage their their own career. How how is it dealing with that kind of background? Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that when you're doing something and people, you know, want to come on and ask for your assistance, you have to step back and and remember that you're in the role of consultant. You know what right. I'm saying? That they already have their own visions. Like when I bring people on to B-side books, they already have their own vision of what they want to do. Most of the time they've been sitting back somewhere thinking about writing a book, and it's been a dream of theirs for years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, with that, we take some of the things that I've learned on the indie author trail and the mistakes that you make because people realize how vulnerable you are in the game and because you're new, then that's what you're there to avoid, to stop them from from doing, but you're not there to mold them into a miniature version of you. You have to let right. their, right. you know, vision and their artistry shine through. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And then see the caliber of work that they're willing to put into it because can't nobody work harder on you than you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So at the right. end of the day, I can push somebody all I want to, but I'm just a consultant. I'm not a publisher. And there is well, a difference. Well, see, you know what I'm saying? Parent, yeah, and see, and talking to the parent in you, the material mm-hmm. that you know that a lot of them write, how yeah. how um how lenient are you when it comes to the material? Because I mean, first and foremost, you got to think of yourself. Some of the it's bad enough the schools falsify things by introducing our kids to mature things and saying it's part of the curriculum. But in the writing, you know, there are a lot of erotica and you know uh what they call it arousal writing people do. Um, yeah. How do you help them to make that creative but not destructive to, to you know, the public? Because, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell somebody, look, you can't write this and think people are going <laughs> to not comment on it. I mean, how do you deal with that if someone brings that passion to you? 
Well, see, when someone brings their passion to me, case in point, I'm reading it from, you know, the perspective of, yeah, they're they're wanting to come out on my label and all this and that, but I'm also keeping in mind that, you know, whatever they've stated their vision is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Some people, like I would imagine, I've never had anyone come to me saying I want to write erotica, but I want to sell it in the in the in the in the public schools. They already mm-hmm. know that they can't mm-hmm. do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But at the same time that's not to say that because there aren't parental advisories on books necessarily like there are on records that mm-hmm. those books still aren't accessible to kids who are school aged. We can't do nothing about that because, you know, you can't, can't I don't want to stifle anybody else's artistry because they're not necessarily looking to um, promote to a to an audience that I want to promote to. It's about building their audience. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So at the same time, we're on this journey together, and all of us are traveling in different directions. But I would never – I would always ask them, like, you know, if you put this in a book, like, they come to me with something racist, and they're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I want to sell it at churches and schools. I'm going to be like, okay, well, look, nah. If you know you want to put this in this book, mm-hmm. then you know you have to present it in a way where it won't come off as offensive or it won't look like you're dabbling in one genre when you're claiming another one. You know right. what I'm saying? I have a sister right now who is um, looking to, she's in the process of finishing up her manuscript for a book about her her failed marriage with a man in the ministry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So she had a story, and it's a, it's a page turner. But at the same time, you know, it's not just about the drama of it. It's not another, you know, problems in the pulpit type of situation. It mm-hmm. also has a greater message of, you know, coming through something like that, finding yourself after you engage so much of yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to mm-hmm. lose any of those things and all the hype of what's popular. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you, you know, you just kind of individualize each project, you know, because any person coming to you with their end of, like my friend, one of my friends from um, college, she actually mm-hmm. came in and did her mm-hmm. first book of poetry. Well, she didn't even right. really want to do a book release she wanted to do a poetry recital. Now, mm-hmm. who am I to squash that? I thought that was hot. She right. wound up filling up the room and doing a very good release. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you got to let other people's artistry filter through, and then hopefully you can guide them and just stop them from making, you know, uh, uh, elementary mistakes. That's pretty and much see, it. And you know and what I'm, I'm saying? You How said I take that. It. I'm glad you're saying it because as a college grad yourself, and you were talking about being 19 and out there, what advice do you give to our first-time college parents up here listening? Because I know for some it was a financial situation why they didn't go or for some just weren't interested. But see, what they fail to realize is that that lack of knowledge, you know, your children want to go out there and learn on their own, broaden their own horizon, but they still need your direction and guidance. And my husband works for the college, and he said a lot of those kids ended up being sent home before first semester got off the ground because they were not equipped or, you know, or had any planning that you just can't drop them off at the college door and walk away, that you got to stay involved to keep them focused. I mean, what, what advice oh, can you give them to what they can expect? Because, I mean, these are the same kids that want to come to you and go, Miss Tia Lee's, can I join your book club? And, I mean, you know what I mean, join right. it professionally. And there's no way right. you can help them if they don't have that proper, you know, background and training. I mean, Absolutely. what advice do you now- give these parents? I tell the parents like this, you know, when to start talking about a college to our kids, um, by the time they're like in eleventh grade, you mm-hmm. already you already slow running. 
You know what I'm saying? Because it's something that we got to start letting them know that they need to prepare for and be excited about. You know, just like we tell them when they own junior varsity, you know, if you work hard, if you do this, if you do that, then you can get to varsity. It's the mm-hmm. same way. You should, we, should, we should add that same conversation to college. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. It just so happened that the school that I was in in high school, because like I said, I'm from the projects. I was a first-generation high school graduate. So right. with with that being said, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of conversation about going to college, but I just happened to be in the band. And the band that I was um, – the school that I went to, the assistant principal was alumni of Central State University. So wow. she made sure that her the band that was at her high school visited the college that she attended during homecoming so those kids could get that exposure. I was in so that we group. We need more people doing that. We need more Absolutely. black PR, and like I always say, because, I mean, if a parent does not know, it's not their fault, and a lot of them are embarrassed because they don't know, and they're so excited that their kids are going to college, but they fail to realize it's a lot more to that experience than just being away from home. You know, and oh, if you're not yes. prepared for that mentally, physically, financially, it's not just the only preparation you need. I mean, you walking up in there with a bunch of adults, and it ain't no turning back once you, you know, start popping off at the mouth or, you know, switching your hips, these men or women will respond, you know. And now mm-hmm. my husband was saying he didn't have to say too many more times than not, boy and girl, you know, from a mm-hmm. rape situation because they weren't prepared properly. And mom or dad think, okay, I'm going to lead them there and let them learn. No, you cannot do that. The world shows you that with missing college kids every day. You know, I do you a workshop series. like that. I do a workshop series for high school youth, and while we when I do it for women, I call it "Girlfriend Get Ready." You oh, know what I'm saying? God. And what mm-hmm. that's about, and what "Girlfriend Get Ready" is about, is about you know getting beyond the hype of going away to school. Because, right. you know, there is a lot of hype. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance in that senior year, even in the junior year, building up to the senior year, you know, because you know you're going to prom. You know you get a senior trip. You know you get all these things. But mm-hmm. people forget some of just the basics. And like you said, if you've never been away from college, away away from home, then you don't know to share it with your kids. Mm-hmm. So what we do is little simple things like girlfriend, get ready. Like when you go to a party, how many young girls know, especially now in the time of date rape and uh, club drugs, you know, mm-hmm. now they have the type of things that they can put in your drink and it's tasteless, it's odorless. You yep. know what I'm saying? And you wake up six hours later and you got pieces of an image and your body's been violated. The one way to combat that is you never let anybody bring a drink to you. Go get your yep. drink. Whether mm-hmm. it's a can of pop, whether it's a glass of water, go mm-hmm. get your drink. If something happens that you walk away from your drink, don't go back to that drink. Get another one. That's what I would tell you. You know what yes, I'm ma'am. saying? Yes, ma'am. Those type of things, you know what I'm saying? And those are life jewels that we have to mm-hmm. make sure that we pass on. Now, the way that doing. I wanted to do it, the way that I wanted to do it beyond my books, too, is just, you know, I wrote a book series about the black college experience. And And the whole reason I did that was because it's called the Black College Sabbatical, and it's fall quarter, winter quarter, and then spring quarter. And what it does is chronicles four girls their first year at a historically black college. Now, there's a guardian Mm -hmm. angel that is there to serve as the the reader's companion, and your job is to figure out who the angel is there to protect. Now, 80% of what you learn going away to school Black colleges in particularly is learned outside of the classroom. 
Yes. And then the other 20% is, you know, of course, you're working hard, you're going to class every day, you're being diligent and, and taking advantage of all the opportunities that are meant to make you better. You know what I'm saying? But right. it's a big social component that we don't give enough uh, attention to. And mm-hmm. if you can know how to maneuver through your own personal growth and make it at least through your freshman year, then you do have the ability and you learn you enough in that one year yes, to make it through the other three. That's you know. Right. And so, and that's, and you know, couple that, you know, coupling that, and that's branding. I didn't know that when I did it. I just mm. knew that I had been impacted by HBCU, and I wanted to share that story, and but I wanted to, to finally pursue. It needed to be done. Yep. So, you know, that's just, you know, those type of things, you know, just kind of branching, finally getting cool with myself and being able to branch into the things that have motivated me and hoping that, you know, I could use my talents to share those nuggets. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. That's kind of how I approach the whole brand. That's how I approach my radio show. That's how I approach pretty much everything that is B-side oriented. I'm retro. I'm a throwback. I know that's right. <laughs> well, well, before I turn you over to Jay and his callers, tell us something about Lady T that no one knows. That no one knows? Mm-hmm. Okay. That I am goofy. And when me and my husband are having some of the most fun times is when we're sitting up quoting and just reminiscing about old Looney Tunes. Uh, <laughs> cartoons. Wow. We both grew up in the seventies, and that's one of the things mm. that we do. We sit back, we listen to music, or something could be going on, and he'll reference some Yosemite Sam or some Elmer Fudd, and I'll giggle because I know exactly where he's coming from because we grew up exactly the same. So I'm super mm-hmm. goofy, but you would never know that um, when you see me out on the business tip because it's all I'm about that coin. So yeah, I'm man. trying to be professional and all that. But when I let my hair down, I'm a I'm a little silly. Willie, Willie. That's about it. Nothing major. <laughs> all right. She's all yours, Jay. All right. <laughs> Barbara, it was a pleasure. Thank you. You're so welcome. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, all right. Now, if you want to uh, ask Miss T. Lee's Christian some questions, uh, press 1. If you're listening in on the link, call 516-387-1219. And press one. We want to get the people to actually press one first, and then you know how I like to do. I'm hard. Oh, somebody just got it at the same. <laughs> well, you know what I like to do. They, yeah, you know they like to get scared. Why are you Just start hitting buttons, man. Stop discussing and just hit the button. <laughs> I want to get them ready. You know, because sometimes no, that's they not, that's not surprise. Not an element of surprise. Just do it. Just hit the button. Yeah, Don't say you know, nothing. Just do. You know, and sometimes, you know, they got the little baby crying in the background and they eat, you know, they on the toilet or something. What's so, you know, you want to. <laughs> no, so that's not our problem. It's not. The show goes oh. on because it's 9 o'clock. And then what you say, not because we trying to get ready. So if we get you farting or whatever going on, that's your business. Learn how to, you know, use the bathroom in silence like some of the rest of us. You know, that's, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right, so uh, we hear toilet flushing in the background. You know how we take the highlights and put it on YouTube? Just laugh and say it's the TV. Laugh <laughs> and TV, I'm just saying. I'll try to help you do it better, okay? This is the country. <laughs> just saying, you hear the toilet, just say it's TV. Some TV show, that's all. Oh, yeah. You know how we do. All right. Caller in the... Uh... Call in the four zero four six zero four. You're on the air. Who is this? 
What's Malik Muhammad? What's going on, Jay? Malik Muhammad, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. What's going on, brother? What's going on, Lady T? Hey there, um, Milton. Hey, hey, how are you? Uh, my oh, question man. is, um, with college, do you think that we, don't you think that we, as a community, the black community, especially with our kids going to HBCUs, we should be teaching them to go to college to learn how to create businesses instead of working for individuals? Absolutely. Good question. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally believe that. And, and what is um what's wonderful about what's what wonderful about your question is just the fact that, you know, um that's where my entrepreneurial mm-hmm. stoops you know, uh spirit was kinda nurtured. You know what I'm saying? Everything at home in the city at that time, nobody was really believing that, you know, I could start my own business through writing books so I could start my own business through doing a radio show. They didn't understand how that can happen. It it wound up being the people that I went to college with and, you know, colleagues and stuff as I go back and visit every year that encouraged me and even lend a hand in helping me, you know, to get started. So, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing that I've noticed in um, other communities, the Asian community, the uh, white community, they teach their kids to go to college to learn how to create businesses and business relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't see. They don't go to these Ivy League schools to learn how to go work for some company for twenty years. Mm-hmm. You understand? I think. I appreciate the applause. It kind of threw me off. Um, I, I think in order to build our community, yeah, I, I'm, I, I really don't want the applause. I really want the listeners to really understand it because I, I'm, I'm originally, if I may, I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and and the culture that you get here in the South mm-hmm. from an HBCU, you don't get that anywhere else. You will never get it anywhere else. My brother went to Fort Dodge. I could have went to go to Morris Brown or Morehouse. I decided to go to college in California because mm-hmm. I had had enough of a black experience. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Well, I just kind of okay. wanted to broaden. I wanted to kind of broaden my horizons. Now I have since then returned to Atlanta and because become a business entrepreneur. But when I was in college, I noticed that the white kids were hanging with the same white kids that were doing the tech stuff. And these kids were, uh-huh. you know, had parents that were backing them and saying, here, Johnny, here's $30,000 for, you know, your own startup business. Mm-hmm. Let me show you how to get grants so you don't have to have goo gobs of student debt when you come out of school. Mm-hmm. And right. don't get right. four credit cards. You understand what I'm saying? So. I just think it's 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 like you guys were saying that our teachers. I graduated high school in 1995. Our teachers taught us how to live outside of school, right? Out of those four walls, 
And that when mm-hmm. you when you said that earlier, it really touched me because I thought about Miss mm-hmm. Scott, I thought about Mr. Lockwood, I thought about Miss mm-hmm. Thomas, I thought about the things that they instilled on us of how to live beyond that. And I don't think that these right. kids do too. Due to the well, way see, that primary education and secondary education is set up now, I don't think they're getting that attention. Especially no, Mike, it's been taken out. It's been taken out, baby, and I didn't interrupt you. Since 95, when you got no, it, that's was, been it. You know, I, I know what you were saying, but I just wanted to let you know, since 95, where you got it, in 2000, they took it out of the curriculum because no one wanted to teach it anymore. See, remember there used to be the home ec class and the business classes yeah, that yeah, got you ready? Yeah, yeah, they are gone, love. They are gone across the country. And I ask, even if PTA means that I go to for kids, they ain't even mad. But I asked right. there, what happened to the home ec class teaching you how to cook for yourself, clean for yourself, wash your clothes? Yeah, what happened absolutely. to the preparatory to becoming an adult? They said, well, we lost funding. Because a lot of, they said parents and they claim other educators said the kids weren't using the classes. It was being wasted. No, that that, that they, the teachers they, being they paid them. was a waste. That's a lie. That's a they, lie. They have them. They have them. Mm-hmm. They don't have them in the inner city where they're needed. But mm-hmm. when I pull yeah. my kids from you, the city, about in, more in Detroit, they, they got it in the charter schools. They have it in the... The private school got it, yeah, yeah, private but no, not the city ones. But we're not the city ones, ma'am. It's no, been taken out. Yeah, no, it's they gone. Took it out of the city. Yes, ma'am. So they because said nobody they was going to do teach it, or they didn't have the yeah. money to pay for it. But you got money for everything they else, though. Kids in the inner city are going to end up one of two places: behind bars or working in the in the field. That's, that's what they took oh, out. Well, and, and and I've noticed that I went to college to my my degree is in history, and my focus was to teach secondary education. But mm-hmm. the the way that the first of all with history, I can't go into. I don't even want to teach false history. So that's right. absolutely for another time. Absolutely, but mm-hmm. um, the teachers do not have the resources that they need. Right, they're overcrowded. And they're not getting yep. parental support. It's amazing that I went to West End Mall in Atlanta, and I'm sorry, again, I don't mean to take up everybody's time, but I went to West End Mall on Saturday, and there was a line out the door for Jordans. Mm-hmm. And all these people had kids there. Mm-hmm. All these people had their kids there. And I'm wondering, is that the same line y'all got at these PTA meetings? No. Mistreated and undervalued, yeah, and you know what I'm saying? They might even listen. 
Listen, I'm a former I'm a former educator with DPS as well as a student that came from DPS, and I can say Bless that a lot you. of the, a lot of a lot of the teachers that I'm still cool with and that I went to school with, um, you know, came to Detroit because to teach because they love our kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So those are the unsung. Our teachers wait, wait. are the unsung heroes of our community. So what we have to do yeah. is go in and assist them. You know what I'm saying? Like my brother Malik was just talking about, you know, even mm-hmm. on the college circuit, I went in with my business partner when I first started, and we offered a workshop so that mm-hmm. because we had just in our 30s at that time came into right. how we could take the, the, the technology and merge it to promote our own brands. Mm-hmm. So we went in doing a workshop for free for the students at the school mm-hmm. right before homecoming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That the teachers gave mm-hmm. the kids extra credit if they came to just so that they could see how some of the things like social media, uh, you know, the the advancement with technology, the Internet, Google, all these things, how they could use those things at that time to promote mm-hmm. their own brands, whether they made jewelry, <laughs> whether they wrote books, whatever. So whatever we see that our HBCUs in particularly, but colleges across the board, whatever we see that they're missing because they're still building a they're still setting a foundation that our kids still need because some of them kids not going to start that business in college. Mm-mm. Some of those Mm-mm. kids going to start that business after they've been working at that Fortune 500 company for five right. years because yeah, they got right. that Absolutely. degree. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So we got to go in and be willing. I think sometimes when we get our, when we get our coin, we kind of forget that yep. it's our responsibility to go Don't back. It's a fear. It's a fear that somebody's going to um, outdo you. It's plenty for everybody, but your best bet, your best blessing is reaching back and get somebody else. That's how you get ahead. That's how you get ahead. And folks don't understand it. We don't pee all our own people. And I say it all the time, and everybody laughs at me. Take Jay, for instance, right quick and not to cut you off again, Malik. Let me, let me give you an example with Jay. I called him proper for a reason. When I first met him, you know, we had to crack on joke stuff. He was doing his radio thing, all these damn shows. I don't know how many shows this boy got, but he got all that mess going on. He took a chance on me with a lot of controversy and put me as a co-host with him on this show. I've been on here from day one. I ain't missed a day. That's dedication because I know right. he's determined to want to do something. I don't have to put money in his hand. I'm doing my PR no matter how bad I feel. I didn't almost had a heart attack. I didn't move. I'm tired. I have, I own my own cleaning company. I'm working all the time right. from 2 a.m. to 2 a.m. But I'll stop what I'm doing for two hours to help this boy do this show or whatever he asked me to do because I got a little thing called testify. Whatever he asked me to do, ask him. I stop what I'm doing and do it. Don't I, Jay? Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. That's because because he wants to build something, see, because he wants to build something. People need to stop and do that. If we go back to doing that like the old black folk did, like you do, Lady T, like Malik, you want to do, we can conquer the problem that we have of our black children being behind. But not well, everybody want to do that. Just, not everybody well, want to do that. Can. Well, well, before well, Malik, uh, actually, I'll let you get this last word, and we gotta take some more calls. There's more people waiting. Um, Absolutely, I already know. Just to get this <laughs> in real quick, I, my my contribution is definitely to our community. Jay knows I have his back. I teach uh, financial responsibility in Black history. 
and I do it on social media because I cannot do, I cannot teach black history in the schools due to the curriculum. So I get more of a kick out of people telling me every day, every day. It doesn't have to get 100 likes, but if I get one Mm -hmm. person tell me, you know what, Malik, I did not know that. Thank you. Right, right. I'm also very active here in Southwest Atlanta. I do a lot on Old National Highway and flat shows mm-hmm. as far as getting it cleaned up and the drugs and talking to the kids. Keep it doing. Keep it doing. So See, that's cool. Uh, investing your money and changing and flipping your money. You know, it, it, it takes, uh, and I'm going to say that in closing, we cannot continue to say society is fucked up if we are society. Thank you. Really? Bottom Amen. line. No, Amen. that's right. That's the fact. Bottom line. Malik, I thank you for that for that mm-hmm. nugget, man. I appreciate that. It's so a pleasure to talk to you. I know that's oh, right. Wow, man. It's been a blessing to talk to all of you. Stay around, man. Uh, Stay Jay, around. Yeah, hey, I'm 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 on Jay's page. You guys can come see me, Malik Muhammad. Uh, hey, Malik Muhammad at Instagram. Stop by. Okay. You might learn something. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. I, I'm I'm gonna holler at you after the show. I was stuff I wanted to talk to you about. Too, by the way. All right, you so, got my uh, number, so just give me a ring. Definitely, man. Thank you. You guys Thank have a great that. evening. Be blessed. Oh, you too. You too. All right. Let's go on ahead and take some more calls. Caller in the, uh, oh, yeah, press one. All right. Caller in the 313 on the air. Peace, what's going on? It's Jai Sale. Jai Sale, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, what's going on with you? Nice. Real up. quick, just just real quick, um, that brother Malik touched on a lot of things. He spoke about the West End Mall, and um, I have experience with the West End Mall. I actually have experience in terms of I didn't support the poetry um, show that I was supposed to do at the West End Mall only because the Western Mall was big and, and supporting Freaknik when that stuff was what was going on back in the um, early 90s and the mid-90s. Western Mall mm-hmm. is notorious for supporting anything that kept the black culture uh, closed-minded outside, mm-hmm. uh, outside of that BS. So it doesn't surprise me that he said that the Western Mall had a line of parents and kids outside of it for Jordans because I remember when I was – supposed to do shows, and I heard the history about the West End Mall with the Freaknik history and all that stuff like that. Like, there's no way possible I can possibly do anything to support our culture, our people, and there's only going to be nobody there to hear me because I'm not Southern Jordans or not or I'm stripping or got a booty-necking girl up on the stage with me, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that brother is right about that. Um, mm-hmm. To touch... Um, now to uh, what I call for. I'm going through a bad moment in my life right now. It's, 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 it's real bad. So when, I, when it's real bad for me, what I do, what I like to do is I like to walk right or I like to listen to some, somebody or something positive. I'm glad I tuned into the show tonight because T.E. Lee, for me, without her even really knowing it, has been a positive force in my life as well as the lives of many people who came into the poetry community at the time that I came in. 2010 was when I was first introduced to T. Lee. Um, I used to run a venue called, I used to run a venue called Sweet Epiphany, and we were on Southern Mile. 
Yeah, T. Elise was part of Seven Mile Radio at the time, and that's how I got turned on to T. Elise. Um, I listened to <laughs> T. Elise when she was with a, a, another lady. I think y'all did live, live ladies of literature. Live ladies of literature, Audrey. yes, with Adrian okay, Young, so, yes. Yeah, I used to, I used to tune into that. I used to get the guys, you know, in the venue to um, tune into her interviews and everything. And I used to be like, this is where we want to be at. This is what we want, um, Sweetie Tiffany to be. In the future, we want to be a platform for people to come in and express positivity, express ways we can help the community. Sweet Epiphany was one of those um, places where I found people like T. Elise to continue um, to continue my my journey into helping people. You know, um, so I just want to commend you for that. I want to commend you for Aww. what you do and continue to do out here in this community. I want to commend you to those people who continue to do things without realizing how much they touch the lives of others, and you do it so effortlessly because that's part of your nature. I was talking to Miss Marie Jones last week about how you do things and you don't even think about it because it's a core part of your nature. You love and you love to love, and, you, and, and through that love, you, you help people without, understanding, without even realizing how much you help others. Brother Malik does it. Barbara, you do it a lot, you know, in your questions. You take, you take the simplest guests and make those guests seem phenomenal because of your questions. Continue to do what you do. Miss Marie Jones, don't ever quit a platform that's allowing you to express positivity to the community. If it's only one person who hears it, that's all you need to reach, like Malik said. So this 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 um, phone call is more so to um, thank you all. As a guest For what you've been doing since 2010 Since I've known you Barbara and Jay for this platform Belief for what he just said And especially Miss Marie Jones for her Constant and continuous influence in my life right now And that's it That's it Thank you Jackson Wait I was was about to get nosy But I'm going to let y'all go No, you listen, listen to my tone of my voice. I was serious as hell because I was about to ask you something and I caught myself because you're not being interviewed. I'm going to let it go. That's why I stopped. You you said right. something that, that twitched my interest and I'm going to let that go because I'm, I'm in interview mode. So I'm going to stop. I'm good. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to inbox you later, though, because you said something that, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I could have said, but uh, whatever, Barbara. Why? I'm not, look, listen to my tone. I'm not even laughing. I'm serious. You just said something. You better, I'm, I'm you not, better I'm say it, Barbara. Say it, Barbara. You better say it, Barbara. Say it. Miss Marie, Miss Marie, what kind of influence you on this man? Oh, my God. Here we go. You didn't do it. So it's Miss Marie. I mean I, I realize I'm gonna up in the oil drum, but I'm just asking anyway, Miss Marie. <laughs> family you influence going on over I, there. I do my uh-huh. own thing. I, you got to ask him, baby. I don't know. Oh. Damn girl. Double XL. <laughs> what what kind of what kind of influence? I know you don't know nothing about the oil drum. What kind of influence is going? On? I mean, first of all, first of all, first of all, this is this is T. Lee's interview. 
But since you were since you know me and everything, Miss Marie Jones okay. is a very personal, a, a very, a very personal force in my life right now. She's okay. been a personal force in my life for a while now, and 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 you know it, it's good. It's all good. It keeps me motivated. It keeps me moving. It keeps me pushing. But we all need that type of individual in your life. You know, you all we all need that type of individual. She has been, okay. you know, that. Yeah. All right, cause you get you getting personal, and I won't. So I, I, I'm not. I'm gonna leave alone with that. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I didn't get personal. I get personal country woman. You did. No, you. No, I mean you. You understand what I mean when I say personal? Cause you you taking it the wrong way. Your tone getting wrong. So I'm gonna leave you alone. Oh, no, I'm just gonna leave you alone with it, all right? Okay. I'm thank good. you. All right. Thank you for the call. All right. No problem, bro. Definitely, definitely. All right, we're going to move on to the next caller, then we're going to uh, take a break, and then we're going to come back with Miss Marie Jones' Good Morning at Night. And uh, we'll talk about some other topics as well. Um, Okay, the other person got out of the queue. Now, you know what I like to do? I like to go on ahead and get y'all that didn't press one. I have and a so question. Just... Okay, well, go ahead, Miss Marie. I was going to let you go after the you know, segment. Yeah, go ahead. I forgot it. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I see. No, Miss T. Yeah. Now, now, wait a minute, girl. <laughs> what high school? Go ahead. What, what, um, what high school were you, um, were you mentoring at, and, and what was the response when you went in with the program to show them um, what they could do with social media um, to start their oh. business? What well, high school we were you at? With, what was the response that you got? Well, first, when we did the uh, social media piece, that was when we returned back to Central State mm-hmm. in 2009. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, we did that on the college level um, the, uh, the Thursday right before homecoming festivities got started. But when I went into the high schools, actually, um, I was at, well, with the now defunct, it was um, – Northern High School, it's, it's it's been since named something else on Woodward, but we did some ser- some services over there, and the response was good because we kind of came in, you know, not stuffy and, you know, kind of judgmental or sitting up on a high horse. We came in letting them know that we wanted to have a conversation with them and give them some food for thought and some tools mm-hmm. to use to get through whatever they needed to maneuver through in this next phase of life. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody talks mm-hmm. about going to college, but very, very rarely do people tell the kids how to survive once they get there. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's about your social survival as opposed to just your academic. You know what I'm saying? Like I said earlier, you know, definitely academics is are key. If you don't keep your grades up, most schools will not let you stay there. So, you know, mm-hmm. you definitely have to have a different type of discipline. But, you know, we kind of went in and we didn't make it seem we went we made it interactive. That's why we call it mm-hmm. girlfriend get ready. You know, so we did an icebreaker. We we talked about the myths that they hear versus the real. You know what I'm saying? And then we ask mm-hmm. them questions to see what they know about. Because, you know, sometimes when you go in front of teenagers, they they, they come in with, with, you know, this bravado that they want to prove that they're on your level. So they come mm-hmm. in kind of resistant just because you're in the situation where, you, you know, you're speaking to them or you're giving them a presentation. So you're somewhat at their mercy. But when you come at them and say, tell us what you heard, then you're putting the ball in their court. You know what I'm saying? And from that, mm-hmm. you can kind of go with the flow and feed and see 
what they will be receptive to. So, you know, we have different subject matters that we'll hit, and we may not hit all of them at a particular session. You know what I'm saying? You kind of mix and blend them based on your crowd, you know, and then the age appropriateness too. You know what I'm saying? Because when you go talk to kids about college and middle school, it's a different situation than when you're talking to your 12th graders that are on their way out the door about to be there. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, you know, but it was always receptive, and they always seemed like they were glad that we came, and it wasn't just something that they had to sit through and they were bored. That was the main thing. You know what I'm saying? That's why I call it a workshop as opposed to a presentation. You know what I mean? Would you... Would you consider doing that in an elementary school setting? Absolutely. What we did with the elementary school setting, um, I took elementary school kids at a recreation center on the west side, and we did, when I first put out my book series, The Black College Sabbatical, what I did in that situation to to open up the conversation about school and about higher education, and particularly HBCUs, is we asked a room full of, like, fifth graders what they wanted to be when they grow up. And then we happened to be in a center that had computer computers, set up in their mm-hmm. little lab, and the kids could be paired up at the computers and actually look up the HBCUs that offered the career, you know, the career courses that they actually wanted to go into. Like if they wanted to be doctors, then we found mm-hmm. the HBCUs that had great medical programs. You know what I'm saying? And, and kind of mm-hmm. did it like that and paired them up and worked with them in groups and had them become familiar with what schools in all these different states Provided for people that look just like them. You know what, what I'm saying? Because sometimes. All right, go ahead. Marie, uh, go ahead. Well, uh, Miss Marie, uh, well, oh, no, I definitely hold that thought. I want to go on ahead and uh, want to take this break, and because uh, I got some things I want to plug when we get back. Plus, uh, you know, we got we got this segment stuff coming up, but uh, but definitely, uh, T. Lee, she got some great stuff. Um, I want to keep informing the people. Uh, well, actually, you know, before we take the break, just uh, Marie Jones, get that last question in right quick. And, I wanted um, to just ask, what about showing um, elementary school age um, kids about using social media as a way to start their business? I remember being in grade school, and you know that you know the little side hustle selling candy and stuff, you know chip bags and stuff like that. Like the motivation is there, like you know lemonade juices and stuff like that. Instead of having the kids putting bullying messages on social media, because it's it's there. Instead of using that anger and negativity, what about showing them how mm-hmm. to put it in a positive light? You know, let's let's turn that hustle into a business in the elementary school Absolutely. age. Absolutely. Absolutely. When my daughter was in high school, you know, she was, you know, we were kind of sharing one car, so it was kind of hard for us to make sure that we were able to get her a part-time job, but she wanted a cell phone, and we wanted mm-hmm. to provide her with work ethic. So what we did mm-hmm. was is she 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 she's a sweet treat. She loved cookies and brownies and stuff, right? And the school that she went to, which just happened to be the Winans uh, Academy for Performing Arts, she went the school that she went to. They didn't have like a Deca store or even vending machines in the school that the right. kids could get snacks, especially like if they stayed after school. So what my mm-hmm. daughter started doing was baking cookies and baking brownies, right? Now, the way that she used technology, she didn't necessarily use the Internet and social media, but what she did use is use her telephone and her apps because kids would pre-order. Mm-hmm. 
their cookies. She was selling like a pack of oversized chocolate chip cookies. It'd be two cookies in a baggie, but they were really, really big cookies, and she'd sell them for a dollar a pack. Well, girlfriend had got to the point where she was taking pre-orders, so she would know how many she had to cook the night before and know how many right. she was going to have because she would sell them, like, before school got started. This wasn't an all-day thing. She would be – they had this thing called quarter order, which was kind of the equivalent of, of homeroom, you know, like before mm-hmm. classes get started, all the, everybody meets, you hear the school announcements, all that. So because they had that little Snapchat or whatever, you know, uh, <laughs> she had friends and word of mouth that knew she was selling the cookies. So they would go ahead and take, put their orders in or whatever. And if Monty knew she had $20 worth of orders, then she made $20 worth of cookies, mm-hmm. distributed her cookies during quarter order, and then she could go about her day. By that way, she was able to average <laughs> how much she would make a day. And then she would make, she, you know, she'd make her some over so she'd have a little overage. But, you know, she knew how much she would make a day and how much she needed in a week to get that cell phone bill paid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and that's definitely on a smaller scale. But, you know, I'd rather see more people opening up our babies' minds and feeding them because they are little sponges. So if we, you know, they soak up whatever Why? we give them. Yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely, absolutely. And they start off small. And get their parents involved. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, um, yeah we're going to go take this uh, break. Uh, when we come back, we got more with Tia Lease. Um, plus, we got Miss Marie Jones' Good Morning at Night. Uh, I'm about to play this song from King Mook. King Mook's song, Concrete Rose. It's from his EP, Black Poet. And uh, also, big ups to Big Mook. I mean, excuse me, King Mook. <laughs> you know, he just got a, a good little endorsement from 50 Cent. Recently, so definitely check out the song. We get back. We have some more Black Sophie presents Roundtable Talk Radio. About the concrete roads, please tell me that you heard about the concrete roads. How it made it through, nobody knows. But despite the obstacles, still it grows. Flaws and all, always stand tall. If they ever counted you out, this one's for y'all. My brother, my sister, young and old. The world is yours, you were concrete roads. Endure the hate, embrace the greatness in your fate. Forget paper, life is about knowledge gain. Blood of the elite, our history in them pyramids. Ironic, them the same schemes that they get your money with. Tell me how drugs getting past border patrol. Parading in the hood when you make your money, though. Jailhouse blueprints resembling slave ships. Conditions centuries old. Social media helped the rescue. No matter your curb, they want to bag you like trash. Caught this years ago, some y'all was stuck in the past. Some don't mind being lost, I don't mind not fitting in. Seeing it for what it is. Stand alone, comfy in my own skin World full of nonsense and double-sided logic America's not the country, it's a corporation founded for profit Few options to make it and even less for you to learn Multiple choice come your death day, casket to earn Mix the dead press and pock in the booth Animal and man, so much pain, music got me through Did you hear about the concrete roads? Please tell me that you heard about the concrete roads how it made it through, nobody knows But despite the obstacles, still it grows 
flaws and all, always stand tall. If they ever count as you out, this one's for y'all. My brother, my sister, young and old. The world is yours, you a concrete road. Statistically, by 17, Crystal should have been turned out. Her mom's been and tricking at the house, dudes in and out. But she didn't follow them steps, she made her own path. Always hitting books, was a wisdom map. Laughed at her cause she spoke proper. Full ride scholarship, now she's studying to be a doctor. In and out of jail since his early teens. Maniac Mike was a dope boy, nightmare in your girl's favorite dream. Money scheme after money scheme, ratchet stuffed in his jeans. Said he done with the streets, last time he hit the bing. Dropped down and started confessing on his knees. God spoke to him, now we all firm, his life is proof. Started up a program mentoring the youth. Circumstances may make you, but never let them break you. Live good to bad, people still gon' hate you. Never judge a book by a cover, or the opinion of another reader. They thought knowledge was finished till he tried to eat. Listening to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barbara the Country Cleaning Lady, and I'm just some guy named Jay. We also have Miss Marie Jones with another Good Morning at Night. We'll take the rest of your calls after that segment. Um, I know some of y'all in the uh, in the group said you wanted to talk about the, the blue butt gorilla that uh, got killed in Cincinnati and how people were talking about that. And I know some of y'all want to talk about the Trayvoning thing, too. Um, so, you know, after Miss Marie Jones' segment, if you want to still want to talk about that, you can mention that. Um, just press 1, and we'll take your calls. If you're listening in on link, call us at 516-387-1219 and press 1. All right, I got some quick things I want to plug, and then we're going to go on to Miss Marie Jones. Good morning at night. Uh, okay, upcoming shows. Next week we have Sydney Ware. Sydney Ware. Oh yeah, she's uh, she's gonna talk to us about her uh, her dog walking business. You know how she turned that, you know, into a you know a nice little business for. Her. And uh, she also talk about her modeling. We also have a Blacktopia calendar coming out soon. Uh, what? Well, not soon. At the end of this year, uh, to, with you know Tanisha J. Blanton helping me organize that. And uh, she'll be in the calendar as well. And uh, Sydney Ware will be in the calendar as well, along with a few other models that are in Blacktopia. So uh, definitely, definitely stay tuned for that. You can get more information on that at blacktopia.org. Uh, I want to give another shout-out to King Mook. Check out his EP on audiomac.com and just search for Black Poet. And, uh, again, his name is King Mook. Got a nice little, you know, nice little cosign from 50 Cent. You know, that's on all the blogs and things like that. So, um, 
So, yeah, his career is definitely taking off. And he's also a member of Blacktopia as well. If you're listening to this, you can join the Blacktopia Facebook group. Just search it, or you can click the like page. Um, you can also get the Blacktopia mobile app at, at iTunes, Amazon.com, and BlackBerry World. Speaking of iTunes, after this episode is over, you can download this episode of Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio on iTunes. Um, and you can also get some of our previous ones on iTunes as well. Uh, the week after this coming Tuesday, because we know we do this every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., um, after Sydney Ware, our next guest is Fly Drexler. Fly Drexler is, a, is an artist, a recording artist that has the single out, Came From Nothing, and uh, it's getting a lot of play on terrestrial radio, especially here in the southeast. So uh, we'll have him on as a guest. And uh, that's the second week in June. And then the third week in June, well, yeah, was it the third week in June? Well, yeah, the week after that, I believe that's the third week in June. Let me pull up a calendar so I can give you the exact date. Uh, Sydney Ware on the 7th, Fly Drexel on the 14th. Oh, yeah. And on the 21st, guess who we have coming back? Who do we have coming back? We got Tracy June. Tracy June. <laughs> I know some of you are probably saying, "Who the hell is Tracy June?" So if you didn't if you didn't hear uh, last year, last season, uh, Tracy June, um, you know, to go along with the, uh, the 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 new season of Orange is the New Black, Tracy June, you know, she served time in federal prison, and uh, she she joined us on the program to talk about her story and and actually kind of you know. Basically, say that uh, the Orange is the New Black is whack, and they basically talk about her experiences versus the show what they portray. So she'll be returning because you know the uh, fourth season of Orange is the New Black is uh, coming, I believe, that same week, and uh, to kind of cross, to kind of promote it together, you know, to, 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 to kind of ride the wave of that heat <laughs> of that show. We got Tracy June coming back, and uh, she agreed to come back and, and tell her story again because you know Blacktopia has grown, we got new people, we got new uh listeners. It's it's much bigger than it was last year. So uh so for people that missed it last season and you want to hear it, you know, hear it again, you know, we got Tracy June and she'll talk to us about uh what's going on with her you know, her her experience uh serving time. All right, uh I also got some more things I want to plug. Stay tuned. Um I also want to give a, a nice little um you know, a uh, little fact, little tidbit to the listeners uh, about uh, Barbara and Miss Marie Jones. Um, you know, last last year, you know, I had two other hosts. I had Elizabeth the Great and uh, Michelle T. Jackson. Um, you know, and, and, of course, Elizabeth the Great, you know, no longer, you know, did the show. And no, wanted to, no longer wanted to continue doing the show. And, you know, Michelle T., you know how that turned out. She uh, ended up doing her own show. And um, you know, kind of spend off, kind of branched off from 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 this show, you know, and that, and it's only giving some joy and applause for that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I didn't want to do the show by myself <laughs> with them no longer being hosts, uh, co-hosts. So, uh, so I was thinking, who should I? You know, I want somebody to do the show. You know, who could I? Get? But uh, here's, here's the interesting fact, though, if you guys didn't, you know, hear last season, Barbara and Miss Marie Jones were actually guests on this show. 
we had him on as guests first. Uh, you know, we had Barbara to come on, talk about a cleaning business, and actually talk about, uh, you know, black people starting their own businesses because that's one of the main mission statements for Blacktopia is to kind of preach and teach the importance of economic empowerment and, and kind of working for ourselves. So we had her on as a guest, and, and, and I love Barbara's appearance so much that I wanted to keep having her back on the show. So um, as Elizabeth and Michelle T kind of transitioned off the show, I kind of had Barbara on as a as a fill-in replacement temporary until I decided what I was going to do permanently. Um, and during one of those episodes, we had Miss Marie Jones come on as a guest to talk about back at home and talk about all the humanitarian work she does. Because, you know, John Sale was on the program earlier the night, you know, this night and talking about, you know, Miss Marie Jones has a big heart and she's always giving back to the community and things like that. So we had her on the show to talk about her giving back to the community and, and, and all the work that she does, and you know, just giving back and helping people. And uh, I liked her appearance so much. I was like, I, I'd like to have her on, too. But before I did that, I had Tanisha J. Blanton on as, a, as Barbara's co-host. And then we, you know, Tanisha J. couldn't, couldn't you know, of course she couldn't continue doing it, which is she still listens to the show and still supports. Uh, I went on ahead and put Miss Marie, you know, Miss Marie Jones on in. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad I did that. Uh, you know, I, I'm very thankful. I don't think I could do the show without those two. Uh, they bring so much uh, flavor, so much information, uh, so much flair to the show. And uh, without those two, I don't think this would be Black Topia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio. <laughs> It wouldn't be the same. It would, it would be a totally different show. But yeah, they started out as actually guests, and you know, I like what I like the things they had to say, and I wanted them to keep saying some more great things on this program, which which is what they do. Glad to have you both. Uh, there's something else I wanted to plug, but I think I should shut up. I think I should just wait till next time because I'm always advertising something. Oh yeah. Also check out the Asking Mary Jane blog. Ask Mary Jane. The number one dot blogspot dot com. Definitely check that out. It's another one of the advertisers. Okay, I'm not going to go through the rest of them. Let me let's go ahead and continue the show. Uh, let me bring on Miss Marie Jones. Good morning. Good morning. Put some respect on my name. Y'all understand me? Okay. Y'all saying my name? Put some respect <laughs> on it. Got to fold my arms on that one. Wait, I got to fold my arms. My arms are folded. Oh, yeah. I'm about to cry. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> come on now. You know he looks like he was about to cry when he did that. Oh, yeah. You know, I know he did. <laughs> I know. I'm you know he wouldn't cry in the car. Charlie, man, God, man, I'm feeling. Y'all heard my feelings, man. <laughs> Good though for tonight. 
I think it's good. I hope it's good. It's actually been out of the media for a minute, but it's still very relevant. Okay, I know what y'all, y'all ain't forget about the Flint crisis, did y'all? Oh, no, I won't forget. Oh, yeah, that's tap water. Well, it's not tap water, but <laughs> it's some type of water. So just real quick, the background. Two years ago, April 2014, the city of Flint decided to save a few pennies and switch from using clean and filtered water from Lake Huron, which was being cleaned from Detroit, Detroit Waterworks, they switched it to the contaminated, untreated, poisonous Flint River. Now, so far, only three people have been charged. No real, you know, attempted murder, uh, corruption type of charges. You know, the supervisor at the Flint uh, plant is being charged tampering with evidence. District supervisor, the engineer, they're being accused of conspiring to manipulate the test results. But a city of 100,000 people, 40% of those um, are living in poverty, and African-American, by the way, um, stand to you know, have some health problems, um, skin rashes, possible brain damage. Um, the issue of some lead poisoning won't be known for years as far as the children go. The actual cost um, is supposed to be upwards of about $300 billion. They still haven't um, charged um, Governor Rick Snyder for anything or the emergency manager who was in charge of the city's water supply. Meanwhile, the city of Detroit's ex-mayor, Kwame Kilpatrick, is sitting in Oklahoma at El Reno Correctional Institution on a nearly 30-year sentence. And his only crime was trying to hire his friends and family for a job. They didn't try to kill anybody. They didn't poison the water. No attempt to murder. But he got 30 years. Governor Snyder, nothing. Oh, man, that's, that's, that's something. I really want people to make sure that you guys know that even though people stop donating water and you don't really hear about it in the press, they still suffer. They still are replacing the pipelines up there. They still cannot drink that water. I know that people saw, you know, uh, when President Obama came, he drank a cup, you know, the the filtered, quote-unquote, filtered water. And, you know, Governor Snyder went on there and said, oh, I'm going to drink, you know, filtered water for 30 days. He didn't say I'm just going to drink it permanently. He said, I'm going to drink filtered water for 30 days. You know, those people are still up there suffering. The, the issue has not been resolved. It, it won't be resolved anywhere in the in the anytime soon. So I want people to really understand and realize <laughs> just because you don't see it in the news, it's still happening. People are still suffering. Don't let the propaganda of the you know, new Chloe Kardashian show, whatever the hell that's called, the bot shows, the love and hip-hop shows that, you know, keep coming all over a TV. Like, we still have crisis going on in our country. So stay focused, people. We got to, you know, stay stay focused. If there's not a job out here for you, create one. Like the guest that we have on right now, she started her own business. We have to really start pulling our own resources and coming together as a whole as a community because they're trying to kill us off. You can't even drink the water. 
I know. That's something. We worried about them killing a damn monkey. Like, they killing us, and you worried about them killing a gorilla. <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. The fuck? They ki- they're killing us. They're killing our kids. You know, we had a two-year-old that got shot in the head last uh, week, a baby, a two-year-old. Okay, over a, a small altercation with her father. He was, she was sitting in her father's lap in the car. Dude got mad with the comments that the gentleman made, came back, shot the baby in the head. Didn't even hit the man. But we worried about a monkey getting killed. I mean, come on now. Don't let the type of stuff pull y'all. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Oh, and I, I remember the other thing I was going to plug. I'm going to get this in right quick uh, before we uh, take your calls and, and bring Barbara and Tealise back on. Uh, I want to say, uh, speaking of reality shows, you, you reminded me because I was like, what's the other thing I, I need to be writing Uh-oh. stuff down? Um, on this network, on Podcast on Demand, or blog, you know, blogtalkradio.com forward slash podcast on demand, which has this show. We have another show on this network called Getting Nosy with Tanae Staley and some guy named Jay. And uh, speaking of reality Uh-oh. stars, this Thursday we have uh, Hoops. A flavor, a flavor of love, fame, and oh wow! <laughs> so, uh, so you know, uh, you know, two weeks, two weeks ago we had uh, Tracy, we had Tracy Braxton of the Braxton Braxton Family Values. So uh, this week, oh, this wow. Thursday, seven p.m. We got hoops. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Oh, that's gonna be interesting. Oh yes, it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna be something. Uh, yeah, I saw Tanae is already promoting it on uh, on Facebook. Hey, I can't even find the right sound effect to go with that. Yes, yes. So would you would you do a reality show? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you know what? Yeah, I mean, this is what I would do. I, 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 I'm, I'm in a reality show. Like they can't film me like all the time. They have to film me in a certain setting. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's already scripted and fake. Why not? You know, it's like they no, no bathroom, no bathroom shots. No bathroom shots. No bedroom. Don't follow me. If you see me taking a woman back to the crib, don't follow me back. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> if you see me acting a fool, cut that out the same. Cut that out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got. Yeah, take that footage out. You got to edit that out. <laughs> oh yeah. wow. Okay. Okay. So we, we got we got to talk about the gorilla and the Trayvon thing. You gotta tell me what's going on with the Trayvon thing. Oh yeah. Um, well, uh, let me bring on Tia Lee and we'll uh, discuss that. And plus, we're gonna take the rest of your calls too. Uh, about the Trayvoning thing, I think this is something that happened a while back where they where the kids are. Um, you know how they how how they were taking pictures uh, on the ground with uh, skittles and and all the other oh, things. Oh no! The they didn't bring that back. Yeah. Did they bring that back? Yeah, they're they're bringing that back, and um, you know, I guess because of uh, your gentleman auctioning off the gun, I guess, and uh, another because you know in the group in the group Black Sophie we have don't get it twisted Tuesday, which we talk about debate topics and things, ah. and uh, Good Hair, shout out to Good Hair, he brought this up, and uh, he was saying that well maybe it's not necessarily them making fun of the death. But there's some kind of uh, wake-up call that these kids are probably doing. Like they're doing this, like okay, you know y'all killed Trayvon. Let's like let's not forget that. Let's let's keep. So uh, so the thing was, you know, so hey, call us, call in, press one if you wanna if you're one of those ones who said you're gonna you want to talk about this on the show. Um, 
Yeah, that's basically what they were saying. Is he, are they are they mocking the death, or is it one of these things like it's kind of a tribute, never forget kind of thing? You know. Hmm. Well, what do you? I, I don't know. I, uh, I guess it would depend on in what context. I mean, I, what what the captions are with that. You know, they could be kids could be relentless in making these me and adults like these memes are special. I mean, we definitely don't want to forget, you know, Sandra Bland and you know Trayvon Martin, and but we we want to remember them, you know, for uh, not just the the criminal act that happened, but I mean, they were they were a sacrifice. Like they literally, they were sacrificed. Like they weren't doing anything wrong, but they were made an example of. And so I think that the thing that should be remembered is, you know, they're leaving behind a legacy that I don't think they really actually meant to. I no, they, they were, I think their deaths, and I agree with you, I think their deaths, um, I think their deaths played to a, a higher call of, mm-hmm. you know, to phrase Prince, sign of the times. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A sign, of, a sign of the times. And while we talk about, um, you know, the civil rights movement and everything that the people who suffered in that time stood for so that we could live a little better, it's unfortunate that, you know, so many years later, we still are faced with some of the same practices that held us back as as a culture of people those years ago. Now, when you talk about people making the memes and stuff, I don't know because I'm kind of divided on the issue is because everything on social media is relative. You know what I'm saying? There are people who put things on social media all the time. So, you know, they might put it on thinking people will see it one way, but it's viewed completely different. You know what I'm saying? So in order, it depends on the context. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's what I'm saying. It depends on who they're, you know, who, cause I don't, I'm not familiar with the, I'm not familiar with the post. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta school me. What was the actual post or what are kids posting? What is the meme that they're posting that's supposed to remind well, I could tag you in the in the post, <laughs> but uh, but actually, yeah, is he laying on the ground? On. <laughs> well, they, they, is, is he laying on the ground with the skittles mm-hmm. in his hand and with a hoodie on? Yes, oh, okay, 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 okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and good hair. There's no caption that goes with it, but good hair kind of put like I, I don't know if he's just playing devil's advocate, but uh, you know, you always coming up with a good way to kind of look at it, like okay, well maybe they're doing this. Instead of that, he kind of brought up the thing like I think that if they're doing this, that's kind of like a don't forget, you know, always remember type what of happened. situation. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I kind of I get that. I do. I get it. I just feel like you know, beyond us not forgetting, then what? Mm-hmm. My yeah. thing is, is we need to do. We we need to we need to perpetuate the the thing. We need to perpetuate the love in our community that stop situations like this from happening, meaning that we got to start banding together and looking out for our own because obviously the people that have been put in place to protect and serve aren't always taking the position to protect and serve. That's why there have been so many cases since Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That to put it to put us in to put in terms that we'll never forget. We don't get a chance to forget because every time, yeah, I mean, we, you know, yeah. the the – 
Right, because every time the hoopla does from one situation, there's another situation, just like the situation you were talking about that this past week with the little two-year-old, you know, uh, speaking to the violence or even just the stereotypes from urban cities of, you know, like we, when we started out the show and, and, uh, (laughs) and Barbara was joking about, you know, you know, people from the, the Detroit area or the Cleveland area or the, you know, the Chicago area where we know that these things are taking place and there's a, a underscore of violence that kind of mm-hmm. puts puts law enforcement in a catch-22. So I think yeah. it just, those memes might bring about uh, the memories of a larger situation and a larger cause. And I'd like to say, I'd like to yeah. hope that that was their reasoning behind, you know, bringing that back to the forefront. Yeah. Kind of like, the thing was like, kind of like, like the, oh, go ahead. Like the people, like you were saying, like in the, the civil rights movement, like, those people knew that their lives could possibly be sacrificed, but it would right. be for a greater cause. The, right. the thing nowadays is that we don't get to make a choice. Our lives, yeah, we don't even have a choice. It is just an right. automatic, oh, we're going to take your life at, oh, yeah. at whatever cost. And so they're actually a part of that. We're still in the civil rights movement. But instead of people, right. you know, willingly saying, I'm going to put my life on the line so that the next generation will have a better chance, they're just taking the life. And, right. and then we'll, we're seeing it as, as an aspect, oh, well, they gave their life in a part right. of the movement. You know, it's... Right. Okay. Well, um, well, you know, we got some more people that want to talk, too. Uh, we got some more callers. Uh, we, we, got, we only have 30 minutes left, so we're going to burn through these calls right quick. Uh, you know, just say what you have to say. And don't be on here talking about no damn monkey. Nah, damn it. Don't do, we don't care about no damn monkey. Shit, we got babies out here losing their lives. I'm talking about a monkey. We need to be talking about why that damn baby was crawling around in the damn zoo getting into the monkey den. Now, hang on a minute. Who let that baby crawl around on the ground at the zoo? Why am I in yeah. You letting your wild yeah. ass kid and wild ass baby rolling around the damn zoo. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> call her in the uh, call her in the three one zero three one zero six two nine. You're on the air. Who is this? Mike check. Mike check. It's good hair in the building. Good hair. We were just talking about you. <laughs> yeah. Let me go. Let me go I hope it was uh, good. It's always good for good hair. What's happening with you? Yeah, we're doing well. well I just do the show. Good. I just chimed in. I heard some things earlier, uh, and uh, you know, I just chimed in a little, looking at the post, and chimed in on that on that meme situation. Like I said, I mean, you know, it's it's just funny how, um, you know, us us. I ain't gonna say us. Just people. I was gonna say us. But it's people in general, how people in general can interpret things or are so defensive to a point where they just automatically go straight to the negative side of something the minute they see mm-hmm. it. Hear mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? And it, and it can happen that way. And I explain that to my kids. Like, you know, you can say what's up. You say what's up to certain people, and it's a what's up. You know, and you say what's up to other people, and it's, well, what's happening? What's happening? What's going on? You know, and it's, it's crazy right. how... We have been, we've went through so much as a people that we, 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 remember I said earlier about, you know, how 
men and women can't men and women interact with one another because us as black men and women, how we interact with one another, we say hi and we can get shut down from a sister that's been, you know, going through motions with knucklehead dudes and, and you know, some some guy, a good guy, just be saying hi to you. But we're, you know, evolved in this, this negativity so much that we become defensive quickly, you know. It's just amazing. I agree with I that. Reading, I agree with yeah. that. You know, I was reading I the post today. I was, I was looking at this video, and this guy got a ticket, right? The white guy, he got a ticket. He got a meter ticket. And he came in there, he paid his $212 ticket in pennies. He took. He came to that counter. He t- he tipped over two hundred and twelve dollars, two big buckets of pennies. Important. Do you know the people? The people on that on that post made it into a racial post. It was amazing. To me. I was like, really? He was just pissed off. He was just pissed off. You know. Mm-hmm. And he came in there and he felt like the dude that gave whoever gave him the ticket was in the wrong. And he came in there to make sure that they understood. Y'all can't just keep these new people in the kind of way. But right. just to listen to people's comments. You know, it's amazing how people can we can turn things around into something else when the when the basic you know topic is is what it is or the basic post is what it is. It's crazy, you know. I find that to be amazing sometimes. You know, that's just my opinion. When we when we have subjects into other things instead of staying on topic, it's kind of crazy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's kind of playing into exactly what I meant when I said, you know, most of most of the things, it, you know, is relative that you see on social media. It's about not only the person who posted, but the people who see it and where their right. mindset is when they see it, you know, the type of people they are. If they're drama filled and they're negative people, then, of course, something as simple as, you know, a picture of, of, of a kid in a hoodie with the Skittles or whatever, they take it all the way left. Because they're already right. in that mode, and that's that's their whole mindset. That's where they're that's where they're geared towards. So I agree with you. That is that's the unfortunate part. That's why when we have our kids, people got to remember the internet is a wonderful tool. But at the same time, just like television, just like radio, just like music, just like other forms of entertainment, technology is something that still has to be policed. You know what I'm saying? And it's not something that you could just tell your kid, oh, go play on the computer, because you'd be surprised what they'll stumble across if we if yeah. we take our eyes off yeah. of them. You know what I'm the saying? The internet is so, the devil, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or at least it's something that you need to, like like, like uh, Miss Marie was talking about earlier, when we were talking about, you know, using, teaching our kids how to use technology in a way that would be positive because they're sponges and they take up everything that we give them. So if we make sure that we give them more po- access to more positive than negative, then we might have better better outcomes. It doesn't mean it's going to fix it across the board because it's a whole lot of issues that we would need to tackle one by one to be a perfect world. But, um, you know, I mm-hmm. definitely think that that's one thing. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that. Good hair. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you oh, also. I will say this. I was listening to a radio station. I'm gonna say this real quick, Jay. I was listening to a radio station. I listened to uh, I listened to the Breakfast Club. I don't know if y'all know that. And they had a gentleman come yeah. on there. It's Jewish cat, right? And uh, Charlemagne Dyer was on. He was talking to this cat. And you brought this cat, and the cat said some real influential stuff. He was like, you know what? Because Charlemagne was talking about my man is a millionaire. Of course, he was like, man, you got money. So you know, how do you talk to people who don't got money and, and make them feel like you know? things are possible. He's like, and the Jewish dude said, let me explain something. He said, back in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, you might have been able to say what you say about business 
and making money and coming up. He says, but I'm going to be honest with you. He says, people have little to no excuse as to making it in this world anymore. And the reason why is because the Internet is not racist. When you're in business and you got something to sell, say a little old white woman in Wyoming, she don't know what color you are. Yeah. The Internet has made, made it a very made a very even playing ground when it comes to business now because uh, the, no one knows who they're buying from or what services they're getting their services from when they're on the Internet. And that's a true yeah. thing. You know, oh, yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, um, I remember like, good. I, I posted that in the group, the, the whole interview, where he had said that, yeah, right. uh, you know, it's like, they don't care if you're this or that. You know, they want their service or their product, and it's over the Internet. You know, they don't know that it's from a black person, you know? Right. Mm, you know, that's a catch point, too, because, you know, a lot of resources are pulled away from our community where, you know, a lot of our kids, can't afford the internet. Like they may have the internet at school, but a lot of public mm-hmm. schools are limited as far as computers. And then when they go home, they don't even have right, the right. internet at home. So what, I mean, I'm just, I, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, and it's great, I, and I, I agree with you. But then the, on the other side of that is you have to go into some of these urban areas where. You know, the plight is different and it's real. A lot of our urban areas don't have Internet access, and they don't even have right. – uh, half of them can't even read. So even though the, the playing field is evening, you know, at the same time, we have to play catch-up. You know, well, you I are, agree you with are you. Absolutely like, right. You are absolutely right with that. I cannot – I can't see I agree with you to the point, but I can't, I can't turn around and make an excuse for a person. See, when you're driven, you're driven. Period. There are certain oh, people that yeah. are driven in this world, and there are certain people that are not driven in this world. All of us, everybody ain't going to make it. I get it now. I used to oh, yeah. always be like, man, yes, yes, yes. But I, I, I realize that driven people, right, driven people cannot continue to hang out with individuals who keep making excuses. You can't keep doing that. You, you can't be a, yeah. You're not going to be a better chess player if you continue to play with people that are beneath you. And that's just what, that's a, that's a, that is a true fact. You got to want them. Yeah. And as far as the internet, as far as the internet, internet connection, internet is concerned in, 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 in the hood, I'm sorry. You know what? Jordan's in the hood. We got everything else in the hood that we continue to keep up with the Joneses and keep these other people rich on a regular basis. These kids are on every social media site there is, right, yeah. on a regular basis, whether they got a phone or not. Tell me how that happened. If they got enough time to be on a social media site, why they ain't got enough time to go to eBay and go to Amazon and compare prices on products and see which one is selling cheaper, get a small amount of money, buy some of that, and then turn around and sell it on the other site for more. I mean, there's many ways to do it. Like, dude was like, you know, back to the old candy house situation. We was buying candy, taking it to school, and selling it at schoolhouse for more. I mean, dude's here. I went to the 99 cent store. Bought some Shaquille O'Neal bobbleheads. They was selling at the store for two fifty. They was selling on on, on Amazon for seven fifty, and I sold them all on Amazon. But well, you know what? 
But you know what, though? I think think the thing that lends to, and I'm meaning to cut you off. I just want to, you know, bring this in before I forget about it. I think the thing that lends to what you're talking about in the sense of, you know, um, not making excuses, you know, people that make excuses or people that, you know, are kind of under-enthusiastic about putting in real work. The thing about it is, is there, you know, this is one thing that came along with technology is the concept of instant gratification. People think that when you hear about somebody, when you see somebody in the blogs and they on television and they're getting all this pub that it's overnight success. They don't realize right. that it's been 6, 10, right. 15, 20 years in the game. Exactly. They, you know, they exactly. don't realize that before that before they start yeah. going to these places where they can sell out places, you know, and, and, and they got 20,000 people, you have to give a 20,000, be willing to give a $20,000 performance for, for only 20 people or for free. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So they don't, you know, I think the instant gratification mechanism, you know, because everything is more accessible, you know, when you talk about the fact that we do have Jordans and all this in the hood and now, because I remember when I was on the Internet starting a nonprofit, you know, and I was going to the library. You know what I'm right. saying? In my late 20s, early 30s, because at that time we were still kind of just getting into pagers, and only and right. only dope dealers and doctors had cell phones, and you know, <laughs> but the, but look, we was just hearing about, but we was just hearing about the internet. So you know, I started going to the library and and sitting for a half hour to use it for an hour, and then sitting another hour so you can get on it again. It's about the grind and and how bad you want it, and and you know. And, and and how bad you're willing to work for it when what seems easy you realize isn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, just like with um with writing books now, you know, yeah, you could write a book and, you know, put it put it out on uh, create space through Amazon, sell it as an e book, never pay the print cost and you know, you right. could have a whole bunch of people but you know, buy that yeah. book for ninety nine cent. But you know, that book, that may be that ninety nine cent book that you didn't care enough to send to an editor and it's got all these typos. And oh, it's yeah. got this and it's got that. You know, it's that instant, you know, yeah. right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you got Instagram. You got Instagram where all these people are becoming millionaires on Instagram. Becoming not millionaires, but they're becoming uh, wealthy off of Instagram. Just having somebody sponsor. You got YouTube situation where kids, cats have millions of hits. And, you know, it's, there are so many avenues now that it's crazy. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to go and jump in and, and put the work in on, on get it. And then I'm glad you brought up the time frame in which things came. Like, technology now is insane. Like, yeah, what they can is. do now is simply, it. like, we can't even fathom the, the amount of money that can be made and, 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 and the amount of time it can be made and lost just that fast. That yeah. fast. But it's oh, just yeah, a matter right. of opening up your mind outside of that box to know yep. that there's a lot more to this than just going to work at Target. And you know what, most of our kids that we talk about that even in the communities where it's, you know, you know, technology access is limited, but they may not be able to read, they may not be willing to go to the library, but they can world star, but they can world star, Definitely. You you all are right. You, got, you know, we got the uh, all kind of tools and stuff where, you know, where you don't have to rely. You don't have to. There's all kind of tools where you can 
take your ideas and turn it into commerce because of the internet. You know, you could you could uh, right. sell advertising on your websites and you know do it's mm-hmm. all kind of ways. And we'll definitely talk about more of those things too in upcoming shows. Uh, Good hair, thank you again for the call. You're always welcome on the show. Uh, Tia Lisa, plug, uh, tag you both for the post together in Blacktopia. You know, so you know who you're talking to. Um, definitely thank you for the call, Good Hair. It's been a minute. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good. Definitely. You too. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and take some more quick calls. We only have 15 minutes left. We want to burn through these. Call in the three four seven six five six. You're on the air. Who is this? This is Reborn Journey P. Journey P. Put some respect on my name. Put some respect on it. Put some respect on it. That's right. Well, I just want want to say thank you so much for this show. This show was great. All the input, all the callers, I'm just to hear the the feedback that we're getting tonight. Well, thank you for listening. Oh, thank you so much. It's appreciated. I appreciate you. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing and just keep (laughs) inspired. Oh, yeah. Thank we will you. reborn. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for supporting that. All the time. Oh, all the time. Say what? Yeah, no, I said all the time. The support's always there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hope to see you uh, again at Money Monday, too, in Blacktopia in the group. <laughs> yes, I need to get back into it. I know it, Jay. I thank you for throwing that match under my feet. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Thank you, good hair. I mean, dude, Rose oh. Reborn. Oops, sorry. That's good there was before you. Yeah, reborn. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good night and stay blessed. You, you too. too. You too. Good night. All right. Caller in the 313-575. You're on the air. Who is this? 313? Y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. Okay. You don't have no more talking. Let's, uh... Let's go ahead and take the uh, <laughs> next one. Uh, now, this person, uh, now before I take the, the other person and just press one, I want to say uh, this person did not press one, and they're actually their name actually came up in the in the thing on on the thing. Now, I, I want I, like I said, I'm hard headed. I like to bug people when they when they accidentally fall into the queue. Uh, but since I know who this person is, they may not want to be called out like that. But I want to unmute your mic. You're going to hear unmuted when I press it. All right, so Miss Marie, the Elise, y'all, kind of, so they can hear this in their in their earpiece, uh, unmuted. When you hear that, okay, go ahead and say who you are. And if you don't want to talk, just be quiet, and I'll mute you back, and we'll just go on to the next person. All right. So, let's. Uh, I'm gonna do Come it on, right let's now. say something. Okay, not not yet, Miss Marie. One, two, three. You're on the air. Hello. Okay, I don't think <gasps> I want to say anything. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Hi, Jay. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was enjoying myself listening to this stuff. <laughs> oh, <hell> no. <laughs> <laughs> My cheeks hurt. I can't believe you did that. 
my goodness. Hello, Miss Marie. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Delinda from California. Hi. Hey, Jay just called How me out. I can't believe girl. you. I'm great. I mean, this is a fantastic show. It's wonderful. I um have been meaning to call in several times, but I'm always like crazy busy. And I'm so glad that the one night I actually did call in. I mean, I was just fascinated by everything that was going on because I have been posting time after time about things like this. And you guys have touched every single subject, especially about that damn gorilla. I'm mad at everybody. Talk about that gorilla. <laughs> I'm like, why? Enough of that. Enough of that. Enough of the gorilla. Child, I'm just saying, when did a child's life was not as important as the gorilla, and then they want to turn it into a black and white thing? I mean, the parents were black on top of that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can't say, I mean, I know it wasn't my children that did that, but they wouldn't be. <laughs> in the gorilla pit either. I mean, right. honestly, <laughs> who in the hell lets their baby run around, crawl around the zoo? Look, I mean, it's like this. I'm glad the baby is okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm glad the baby is okay, but damn, it's a monkey. <laughs> I mean, a life is a life, but we are right. losing, you know, we losing kids, like human beings, Oh, and to touch on what you were talking about, about with the Flint situation, we also found out that there's water contaminated here in California as well, which uh-huh. I don't use that a lot because we're in a drought anyway, so I don't even know why people are drinking tap water, but um, I'm always getting bottled water for a reason. But yeah, we have several counties in California that has had... Um, contaminated water as well. So it's not just Flint. It's everywhere they're finding it. It's crazy. They're just trying to kill us off. Mm. It's, 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 it's bad. It's bad. We can't even drink the water. Mm-mm. Well, uh, well, Delinda, well, Delinda, we appreciate you uh, coming on in and, and listening <laughs> in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had to put you on the spot, but I'm, I'm glad you uh, participated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, I wasn't gonna go out like punk, but still, <laughs> I was like, she's not gonna be talking about me, is she? And then I heard that you are unmuted. I, oh Lord, have mercy! Let me get you. <laughs> but thank you for having me for my brief time. <laughs> very and, and hopefully, uh, we'll have you back again too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right, Delinda Jackson. All right, now we got uh, one more call. Well, actually, uh, Malik called back in. He wants to talk again. I'm putting him back on. Malik, and uh, we only have six minutes left, so Malik, definitely uh, go on ahead and say what you have to say. Oh, yeah, I'm going to definitely go ahead and um, wrap this up and be real short with the Starting with the Flint situation, good evening, everybody. Um, good evening. Who I haven't spoken to. Um, with the Flint situation, just like everything else that's going on around our nation, we need to start voting at the local level, people. I don't, I can't, I cannot say this any more clearer or any or put any more emphasis on this. Governor Snyder, he was put in by people who didn't vote 
He damn near yep. walked exactly. into his office. Just exactly. like just like just like so many other of the legislative people here in Georgia. They just had elections on Tuesday. They do stuff like Gucci Man getting released, this damn monkey mm-hmm. to throw a smoke screen in front of you people. This stuff is not important. It is about we are putting too much emphasis on stuff that does not mean a hill of beans. It's yeah. not good. It, it's nothing. Now, some of it is entertainment. I get it, but we need to leave entertainment where it is. Entertainment is not building our our, our community at all. Yep. It's destroying The type of entertainment that is out there now is destroying our community. So we need to take this go vote at the local level to get the people out of the office, the Rick Snyders, the Josh Norris out here, the William Johnson, who just got appointed by Trump as as one of his secretaries. And this guy is a a known Klan member and left-wing conservative. I'd like to see his ass. I'd like to see him. He already said, he already has come out and said every non-white. Right, he can go right in the gorilla pit. Every non-white needs to leave America. <laughs> no, that's right. So we got to get these people out of here. So go vote, please, at the local level, everybody. Start getting these yeah. councilmen and, and these senators and these eldermen in your, your house seat because these people directly affect you. Donald Trump doesn't yeah. affect you. Hillary Clinton's not going to affect you. Bernie Sanders is not. But that, that, that house seat, that legislative seat, that councilman seat, that's mm-hmm. in your community, in your hood, these are the people that make them your... RNA positions. Yep. Exactly. These people are walking right. right into position. I just yep. saw it here in Atlanta. Nobody went and voted last last Tuesday. Why? Because they were more concerned that Gucci Man got free. Oh, hell. Hey, here in Detroit, we don't have people who, because they were former baseball, former basketball players, or because they were in Beverly Hills Cop, they got elected into office. Doesn't mean that they, you know, did did their job, but it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, you know, name name recognition on the local level is really all that it takes for people to come into office without them having any credibility to actually get the job done. So that's true. I agree. Yeah. It's, again, I, I'm. You got. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you, brother. Thank you, actually. You know, I, you're right. You know, we gotta uh, vote at the local level because uh, that really, you know, like I said, the president. That's what they do. Doesn't even affect sometimes the people. Uh, like they, people really feel the effects of some of the moves that they make right off the top of the people in your cities. Uh, like you said, in those positions, like the stuff that they're doing. And especially for those callers of yours that are in the South, that are below that Mason-Dixon line and, 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 and as far west as Arizona, please understand that these people, that is what all this gentrification and this zone redistricting is about. Please understand mm-hmm. what is going on right in front of your eyes. Yeah. They are Trump is going to win, and this is y'all going to see how great America really is. Right. Good night. Well, Miss well, well, we we got uh, ninety seconds left. Uh, Barbara, is, you know, is there anything you want to say, right quick? No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Miss Lady Elise. 
<laughs> Thank you so much, Barbara. Uh, T.L.E., now uh, plug your stuff, plug your website, plug your social media, plug all your stuff. How can people get in touch with you? Let them know, you know, plug, plug away. Okay, well, my website is www.telice. All access with one C dot com. Tealise All Access with one C dot com, and you can get my books, Black College Sabbatical, the trilogy, as well as the latest one, Toast to the Fool. You can also find me on social media as Tealise Instagram, Tealise on Facebook, Twitter, go Google Plus, Goodreads. Everything's short of the moon, baby. I'm Tia Lee. If you look me up, you can find me. Otherwise, I'm author Tracy E. Christian. And thank you so much, Jay. Thank you so much, Miss Marie and Barbara. You guys are a blast. I want to come back and have fun with y'all. And I've definitely got to get more active in the group. That's my goal yep. for the month of June. All right, that's our show. You've been listening to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barbara, some guy named Jay, Miss Marie Jones. We keep doing it every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come back next week. We got Sydney Ware. And uh, that's it. Check us out on iTunes. Thank all right? You. That's our show. You don't have to go home, but you got to get off this thing. Take care. Thank you. Nice. Peace.